All right, BradCooney.com. We'd like to welcome to the show composer, producer, Maurice Carroll. What is up, Maurice? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for joining the show tonight, bud. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) All righty. So before we get into your latest project, tell my listeners a little bit about you, uh, basically when you got into music and how it all started. Oh, that's that's a quick, easy story. Um, I'm I am Maurice Carroll, composer, producer. I got started in the music industry at a very, very early age. I started off picking out melodies on the piano when I was three, four years old. Oh wow! Um, I got my first paying, consistent church gig at age eleven. Wow! Matriculated all the way through to Morgan State University, studied under Dr. Carter. Um, from there, I went on to open up a recording studio, jumped into a bunch of different genres just so that I could understand, you know, the music business as a whole and how different genres kind of operated. And fast forward a little bit, 27 years later, well, 25 of those 27 years, I've been in music full time. That's amazing. So you're you're one of those people that... I mean, you figured it out early in life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, 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 I would definitely, um, I, love, I love to talk to people about, especially in the music field, that um, are diverse and can play instruments. I just love that kind of uh, artist. How long, uh, well, not, not how long, but so, so were you, did you take piano lessons or, or were you self-taught? Majority of my life is self-taught. Um, yeah. Of course, at Morgan State, they require that you read, which was a difficulty for me because I was way behind by yeah. the time I got there. I played by ear, learned how to play by ear. Yeah. Um, um, I learned enough theory to kind of get me by, yeah. uh, but I still can't. I can't read fluently like you know you would expect a musician, a trained musician, to to be able to do. I am in the same, same exact shoes you are as far as that. I've been playing guitar for about 35 years. And, okay. and believe me when I tell you, I should be better than I am. There's people that's been playing for eight years that are better than me. Um, but I enjoy it. But my problem is I didn't take – I wish I would have took lessons and I wish I would have um, got more into the theory part of it because I, I'm, I'm, I, I make a lot of mistakes with my hand positioning. Like I use my pinky finger for a D chord. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's sloppiness with me. Um, and, I, and I don't know how to read music. I did take a music theory class in, in when I was going to community college. And like you, I struggled with it because I just accrued so many bad habits um, self-taught. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. I do understand. So on keyboard, it's a little bit easier for me. Um, you know, being that I, I, I played by ear at first and learning different chord structures, the music theory part of it really I use to help me communicate with other musicians. Hmm. That's, that's what I really, because I know that they understand it differently. So instead of me saying, oh, I'm, I'm playing these these notes and this is how they harmonically go together, I'm able to call out what the chord is and what inversion I'm playing. And, you know, I'm able to do that. But if you put sheet music in front of me, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what? There's a lot of musicians out there that can't read or write a lick of music, but the, the emotion that they put into their music it just, just overwhelms that part. I mean, you would never know it. Right. Right. You know. All right. So 
here's where I may struggle with some pronunciations. So you did this remake. Now, what's the artist? Is a hip hop artist? Is Lord A? Is that correct? So yeah, we, we, it's it's a, a slang on little then L I L little little and then L O R because I'm in Baltimore and um, sometimes we have we have our own language here. Ah. So instead of saying little day or little day is little day, it's a little lazier to say. I got you. It's a little little slang there. Little little slang yeah. there. And this title is called Ooh Work It." Yes, it is. Okay, so I did listen to it. To your to so this is a so you basically did a remake is that is that fair to say? Yes, that's fair. Okay, um, I loved it. Honestly, I loved it. Um, tell the listeners out there about a little more about the um, the reason why you picked that song and just give a backstory a little bit. So with the original work, it um, it was produced by a friend of mine, Kevin Powell Jr., and um, they released the song, and it became it, it picked up some traction. There was a dance that was attached to it. The music video was great. Um, a lot of things happened around the song with different radio stations picking it up mm-hmm. and putting it in rotation. And because I um, had a lot of interaction with both of them, later, maybe a few, about a year or so later, I said, listen, I have an idea. And I, I talked to Kevin about it, and uh, we, he sent me over the stems. I came up with the new production behind it, and he thought it was awesome, so I presented it to the artist. Um, and... He actually, before he called me back about it, he called um, KP back about it and said, hey, what is this? And he kind of explained to him, it's it's dance music, it's house music. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what is house music? (laughs) And (laughs) and so he, he explained it to him a little bit, but then... When Dan and I had a conversation, I explained to him a little bit more about the genre and exposed him to it a little bit more. And he was like, whoa, man, you know, this, I can move to this. I, I'm, I'm wow. not a dancer at all. I don't, I, don't, I don't dance and I don't have much rhythm, but I can move to this. I can dance to this. And I said, yeah. And that's part of the reasoning why I dig into um, house music a little bit. And I've, I like to be, I like to consider myself like a conduit between people that don't know house music or are unfamiliar with it and giving them an easy intro into what house music is and what it feels like and what it can do and what you can feel like when you're listening to it. Yeah. And so that's why this song is. It is dance music. It's it's easy to listen to. The message is easy. You know, the lyrics are centered around just having a good time dancing and watching, um, as he explained it, watching a, a woman dance with no other intention than just to have a good time and watch her dance. And when you hear the lyrics, you hear him explaining that, you know, no, no, I'm not a player. I just want to see, I, I just shake what mommy gave you. I want to see you dance, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's really in good fun. And I think that with the combination of the lyrics and with dance music um, as, a, as a genre, it's, it's easy to play in a club. It's easy to get people moving because of that. It's not offensive. You can put this is a auntie and an uncle type of song. Anybody can listen to it and dance to it. There's nothing offensive about it. So I really appreciate that about the lyrics, and I had fun making the composing the, the music around that. Now, is that your vocals on the track also? No, that's his vocals. Well, that's his vocals. So you just produced the the the. the uh 
the instrumental that that's that, that you that's how you remade it. Exactly. Good stuff, man. I loved it, honestly. Um, are you finding that the the younger the youth is losing some of the um, as far as house music goes? Is it mostly youth that's not really that tuned into it? Um, it is some of the youth that's not in tune to it, but I don't want to put it on all of it. Just that 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 age bracket or right. anything like that, because there are a lot of people that don't understand house music. Like uh, it has this facade around it where it's only for a certain group of right. people. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really not that, and it's really just a lack of education about the genre. Um, and here recently, you know, there have been some mainstream artists that kind of shed some light on the dance music and house music and club music scene. You know, with, with, you had, um, the Beyonce and Drake both dropping albums mm. that were heavily EDM influenced. And it brought attention to it, but it just brought enough attention. And I've been on that light for a little bit just to kind of shed some light on, on the genre a little bit more. So it's not just the young people, no. Right. How do you feel the progress is? I mean, do you think it'll come around? House music, will, 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 will that, that gap will be bridged? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it's house music has been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, um, to... I would say Frankie Knuckles when it first became house music, where it, it got its name because it was being played in a warehouse, and that's where the name it came out. The genre came out of disco, and then it kind of um, Frankie Knuckles kind of found a different way to um, have that same energy, and he, he played it in a warehouse, and that's where the term house music came from. Um, Interesting, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and so when for me when you when you dig into a genre, it's it, it, it really takes some time. You can't just listen to two or three or five songs or just go out to a club once and say, oh, I got it. You know, it takes it takes a little bit of time. So, uh, yeah, it's it's quite it's interesting, actually. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, we hear it all the time, whether you realize it or not. It's in movies all of the time. It's in the backdrop of commercials all of the time. Yeah. And there are plenty of, you know, songs that had that, that tempo and fit into the genre that we just don't realize it. That there's a whole genre with subgenres that have that style of music. It's definitely in a lot of movies, a ton of them. Um, yeah. Now, when I was listening to your song, it kind of took me on a, you know, like, I, I could definitely hear your song in a movie, like a soundtrack. Uh, I appreciate it. It's like if you watch a movie, sometimes they'll play house music when there's a scene in the film where the actor is kind of reminiscing about like a, a journey he was on or something, or she, mm -hmm. and they'll have house music playing in the background as it takes. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've seen that house music used in that in that capacity quite a few times in film. Right. Yeah, when that happens, um, it'll be a backdrop there. But then, even if you think about it, sometimes when they have club scenes in these movies, there's house music playing in the background yeah. there as the DJ is playing and the lights are going and, you know, the party is happening. And it, it happens. The visual makes you forget that it's house music because it just fits the scene. Yeah, true. Great point, actually. Really good point. All right, so this other song... Um, under my own weather. Now, when I was reading up on you, the word Grammy got my attention. 
<laughs> um, so I don't want to spoil. I'm gonna let you tell the readers out there who who you worked with on this song and give us the, the backstory of that of this song. Yes. So um, this song is something that I composed and produced um, for Carolyn Malika, who is a Grammy-nominated artist, nice. and it was alongside of Andros Rodriguez, who is multi-platinum award-winning, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. multi-Grammy award-winning, and um, basically, again, um, a friend KP, and he he was listening to what Carolyn was working on, and the short story is that when he was listening to it, he was he said, "Oh man, this is Reese." This is Reese, and she explained to him what he needed, what she what she needed, and he's like, "You need to talk to Reese. You need to talk to my Reese." And that story lets you her contacting me, me doing the work, <clears throat> sending her what I did, and her responding like uh, a, a text message with you know capital letters and exclamation part more points <laughs> and saying hey sir sir we need to talk yeah. you know and then, so she let me know what she thought about it she loved it and everything um she wasn't sure what to expect but he she really uh, liked what i did and she sat on the sat on it for a little bit wrote to it did some tweaking to it her and andrews did some things and then they brought me into the studio to hear you know what they did with it you know some of some of the additional parts and everything and so i listened and uh, quite honest a pc answer i was like yeah this is this sounds good i like it Mm-hmm. And neither one of them flinched when I said that. They didn't smile. They didn't nod. They just stared. And it hit me that they really wanted my true composer producer oh, answer. And wow! I said, I said, oh, oh, okay. Can we play it again? They played it. Yeah, sure. And when they played it, um, I said I had some suggestions. And for me, it was very. Um, it was very humbling to see people that you, are you, you nominated and winners yeah. saying to me, how do we fix this? How do we make this right? So I made the tweaks. They they did what I asked them to do. We sat back, listened to it, and everybody in the room was like, oh, okay, oh, wow. yes, I feel it now. I get it. That makes sense, and that's what we hear on the record now. So you actually underestimated your own talent there for a minute. I have a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> yeah, you underestimated your talent, and then you got validation by by like legit, like legit people, and yeah, that must have yeah. done like wonders for your confidence too, though, for real. It it did, and I learned a lot. You know, working with them, um, in, in my field, it's easy to get caught up in a particular circle yeah. of you know of people, and so for me, it. It gave me a different ear. It gave me different appreciation. Uh, you know, just to how to listen to the song. Because when we started really digging into it, it was some things that they'd heard and were and were tweaking that I missed. And so that was, and also me being, I've been a, a, a voting member of the Recording Academy for about seven or eight years now myself. Oh wow! Okay, cool. So you know, I'm I'm in company with people that are like that, but to work with them on this level was very inspiring. Would you consider this one of the highlights of your career, working with them? It is one of them, yes, absolutely. So I've, I've worked with a number of people that 
um, have greater popularity than I do, like Carolyn and Andros. Um, I work with, I record Michelle Weeks uh, with her vocals quite a bit. Um, she's a, a, a house music artist who has plenty. Her, her discography is ridiculous, but she's also uh, one of the singers that was that was the singers in um, Little Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, really? And, and that's where she. Yeah, that's one of the things that that kind of catapulted her. Nice. So. You know, working with her, um, there's another dance, um, electro dance artist named, um, Michelle Schellers. I've recorded with her. I produced for her. Um, we're good friends. Like, all of us are, are, are really good friends. It, it just so happens. I have a very talented circle of friends. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> um, there's R&B groups that I've worked with, like Rough Ends, um, um, the flow assist from Flow Tree. So it's, it's quite a few people that I've had track records with and worked consistently with. So this is, this just go, this is something else that goes on my resume. It's, it's one of the ones that I'm most proud of. Absolutely. And, and, it, and you should be. So you at a point in your career now where you, you, um, people reach out to you and then, and then make, make offers to work with you? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, they'll, they'll shoot a DM, as they say on social media. Um, I get emails and based on right now is really based on the budget. And I, that's one of the lessons that I've been learning as I've been going through my career. You know, if, if you have a certain value, you, there's a, 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 a price tag that goes along with it. <laughs> and for me, that price tag is dual. It's not just the money, it's also the professionalism. That's smart, and, very smart. And, and it's it's something where if you come in the door and you know the business and you're not just walking in the door on the high of being a creator, that means something to me. Mm-hmm. And so you can have the money. If it doesn't, if the vibe isn't right, I'm still going to probably turn it down. But, you know, I do get, I do get the offers. I actually had two offers today. And, you know, some people were too, one of them was like, yeah, I need to, I need to go back and get some more coins. And, which is fine. I don't, and but okay. that shows that they respect me and what I'm doing. And it shows me that I'm worth, you know, I'm worth it. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, you have this resume you're building. There's, there's something to be said about that. You're working with Grammy-nominated artists at this point, and and you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. When you have that kind of resume, it it, it justifies a certain dollar amount that you're asking for. Period. That's the way business yeah. works. Yes, and it took a little while for me to adjust to that because I have such a love for artists. You know, we wouldn't have this genre if they weren't doing what they were doing. Yeah. You know, so I have a, a love for that, for them, and, and mostly, like, I love educating them about the music business because it's a cutthroat industry. Mm-hmm. It and is. if you know a little, at least get a, to a little bit of knowledge with it, then you can kind of navigate it a little bit better. And so I like working with them. I do some consultations as well with that, you know, basic things like understanding copyright and publishing and what a PRO is and how do you get your royalties, you know, all of those, the, the, 
contracts, how you do a split sheet, what does that mean? Like all of those yeah. different things that, that are 101 type of things that you need for the music business. I like seeing that that light bulb when it hits, yeah. when they start to understand why they need to understand the business. You should do like a, I'm not sure if you're doing this already, but you ought to, you ought to think about doing a workshop and, and you know, where, where somebody may not be able to afford to hire you as a producer, um, maybe that you can offer a workshop at a cheaper price where, where you can you can teach these things to people um, through that venue. I would love to. Um, I've, I've put, I've made some efforts with that. I'm finding and have found that a lot of artists are caught in their dream and what their idea is on how they're going to make it. And a lot of times they don't. I want to hear the music business part of it until they have to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the point, that, that, and that's the time when they need to sign up for the workshop. Once they take the, once they get the bloody nose. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind sitting on panels and, and talking about it as well. I wouldn't yeah. mind doing that. Yeah, because it sounds like you have a passion to teach, but also you have a price tag to to, to work with you, which is fair. You, you've earned it, but you also have that passion to to teach people. Um, so yeah, there may be a way you can work, you know, work, work both of those. So, yeah. Um, let's see. No, this is cool question. So if you, if you could pick somebody right now, um, to work with that, that you haven't met before, somebody like your, your dream artist, who would it be? Uh, I don't know if it would be an artist actually. Okay. Um, producer. Who because... Else? I'm 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 someone who's really in love with the process. Mm -hmm. um, so I would love to sit down with some composers and producers like uh, Quincy Jones. Oh yes, um, to understand the process of you know the thought process of move now, think about it, do it, move, you know, execution, you know, those kind of things, and you know how businesses conducted on that level and I would like to sit with him with that um, some of the more modern um, composers and producers like Timberland mm. um, Justin you know no 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 no, oh. no. Timberland like oh um, Timberland okay yeah yeah I got you yeah yeah um, him Missy as well like you know, people like that um, but I like uh, um, composers and producers that do everything like they can play an instrument they can write they can arrange they can produce and knowing that those are different hats that they wear mm. and they know how to execute in those and under under those that's the those are the kind of people that i, I would want to sit with and in terms of artists I'm, I'm a process person so if there's an artist and they're saying i'm going through the process I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow, or they're saying, hey, listen, I don't care if this one doesn't work well, I can make another one. Yeah. Like, you know, not being so attached to the music where you, you're you sitting on the song and trying to make it perfect and waiting and waiting. Like, I'm, I'm in a process where I want to learn, I want to grow, and then I want to execute on what I failed on and learn from it and then do it again and, and see how I improve on it. Mm. So artist-wise, I just want to work with people who are long-term minded, more than one single or two minded. I, I want to work with people that artists who are very interested in learning the business and longevity. 
Yeah. How about like a Pharrell Williams or a Babyface? Absolutely both. I was yeah. going to say Babyface. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Pharrell, yes. Uh, so with Pharrell, I would want to understand um, how he picks the instruments that he picks. Mm, yeah. He's brilliant. Very smart guy. Really yeah. intelligent guy. Yeah. And Babyface crushed it. He, like Babyface, when I was in high school in the 80s, um, and, and then I graduated in 84, but from like 85 to in, into the 90s, Babyface was like, like, he was huge. And then he went off radar and everybody thought he was like done, but he wasn't done. He just was producing and went behind the cameras and, and crushed it in that right. field. Right. <laughs> yeah. His work ethic is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very yeah. impressed. And I'm, I'm curious to see that that life balance with that, you know, because he it's not just his albums. It's like a lot of different other people that he wrote and produced for. And I want to understand that work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. You, you said it, man. That guy's a workhorse, man. Um, he's, he's something else. All right. A few more things and I'll let you go. Um, before we get into this last couple things, is there any songs or projects that I did not touch on? that you would like to talk about? Well, right now, those are the main two that, that are out now. Basically, with those, it's me basically coming from behind the curtain. Yep. Um, I'm traditionally the guy that's in the studio composing or in the studio producing or um, being the music director of the band on the keys, sitting in the corner in the background, calling it. Yeah. Um, that's usually my spot. Uh, you would you wouldn't know that I was there unless you read the credits. Or <laughs> gotcha. You don't even have that anymore. But if you were able to read the credits, right, that's right. that you know that I was involved. And so now with these projects, it's me coming. Like the song with Carolyn was me coming forward a little bit yeah. to say, hey, you know, all right, um, this is me and. With Ooh Work It, it's it's it turned the corner and saying, okay, I'm officially in front of the curtain now. So uh -huh. here I am as, I guess you could call it a, comp a composer, producer, and artist, so to speak, because a lot of the producers are taking front seat now. So yeah. this is what I'm doing now. What's the goal? So let's say a year from now, where do you want to be a year from now? What do you want to get done? I just want to keep working, man. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I would like to be in a place where people know when I'm calling Maurice, I know I'm going to get this type of record. Mm, right. I know that it's going to be this type of work. I know it's going to be this type of professionalism. And I know that there are other in there's more input that he has to offer. So I just kind of want to position in myself to be one of those people that are called on by people that are willing to work, um, willing to, to, to grow and go through the process. Good stuff, man. Look, I enjoyed talking to you, man. This was really a fun interview, actually. Um, I wasn't sure what to make of it before I was talking, before I got on the phone with you, because normally I do talk to the performers, you know, the singers, and I've only had a few producers on this show, so this is really cool. One of my highlights of this interview is uh, you learned me something. I learned about the origins of house music and where, where it got started from. Uh, so I thought that was fun. Um, really enjoyed talking to you. Now, tell everybody out there before we wrap it up where they can follow you and where they can get your music. Oh, 
that's that's very easy. I keep I'm one of those people that keeps it simple. Um, all of my social media handles um, is my name, Maurice L. Carroll. Facebook, Instagram, you'll find it the same way. My website is my name, MauriceCarroll.net. It's easy to find, and those are the, the the quickest ways to to get to me. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, and whenever you got some new stuff you want to talk about, just let us know. We'd love to get you back on, Maurice. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, have a great night. All right, you do the same. Bye-bye.